excuse me, are we on? Oh, I think so. Thank you. Hello. Hello, it's Paul. It's Nessa. It's Paul, Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. A sketch comedy podcast with added stuff and nonsense. And look at this, we're already at the hotly anticipated episode two. Episode two comes to you in flat pack self-build form. Please read all the instructions carefully before assembly. No refunds. Gosh. And now, another failed radio act Number six, The Juggler Ladies and gentlemen, I shall now juggle six oranges whilst blindfolded I'll drop one This is not Gandalf the Grey Telling you that I like to sleep with my eyes open, but my ears are closed, except to the sounds of Paul and Nessa's happy hour, which you're listening to right now. So here we go, episode two of Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. Um, we've had a, a fantastic response so far to the first, well, so far to episode one. <laughs> So episode, far in the series. Episode one went down a storm. <laughs> <laughs> but please continue to like and subscribe, download and pay it forward. Tell your friends about us as well. Pay it forward. Pay that... it forward. Oh, yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your friends because we haven't got any. So... And <laughs> yeah. then, then your friends can become our friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not in a stalkish way. No, no. But we don't mind a bit of stalking in a friendly way. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to move quickly on. Because <laughs> uh, we've got another brilliant packed show for you for episode two, full of even more stuff and nonsense. Uh, we've got some new sketches, including the next instalment of Magala, <laughs> leader of the Grass Patrons. So that's coming up a bit later. We've got some new features as well. <laughs> it excites me, see? Are you all right? No, I'm not clearly <laughs> new features obviously means new high quality professional produced jingles please contact us for commissions no we do not do commissions we do no we do yes we do here we go on with the show enjoy it ah <laughs> oh, hello do come in mr and mrs mm, pendragon nice to meet you do take a seat my name's Jessica, Jessica Candy. Please do call me Ms. Candy. Thank you, Miss. Ms. Uh, Ms. Candy. I'm Guinevere. This is my husband, Arthur. Right. Well, firstly, can I just say thank you for agreeing to come along to marriage guidance today. Whatever issues may be going on in your relationship at the moment, you've definitely made positive steps already towards resolving them. Now... Who'd like to speak first? I, I would. would. Right. Well, shall we say ladies first? Tell you what, Roger. Why don't we say the king first? Sorry, Arthur. Don't quite follow you. I'm the king. Nobody speaks before me. Well, I think that if we're going to get anywhere in these discussions, we have to drop any delusions of superiority. No, he really is the king. Hmm? Says who? Says the lady of the blooming lake when she threw this sword at me, you little git. Hello. Right then. Off you go, my liege. Right. This cheating wench here is having an affair. For goodness sake, Arthur, I am not having an affair. How many times do I have to say it? Well, something's going on. 
You've been acting very strangely ever since I set up my court. I've been acting strangely. You're the one who's invited a bunch of strange men to come and live in our house. What's that all about? They are my knights. They are your knights and your days as well. I never see you now. You spend all the time with these men. It wouldn't be surprising if I was looking for a bit of action elsewhere. <laughs> I knew it. Mm, who is he then, eh? Eh? Is it that new jester I've hired with a gammy leg and six fingers on his right hand? Don't be disgusting. Arthur, Guinevere, please. Let's try not to get into petty squabbling so early in the discussion. Oh, Guinevere, why do you think these problems have surfaced? Well, I never see him these days, do I? He spends all his time off with his new friends doing goodness knows what. <laughs> there you are. Exactly. You see, you don't know how right you are. It was God's idea. That's typical of you. It's always someone else to blame, isn't it? God, Merlin, the bloke who fitted the dodgy portcullis. You never take any responsibility, do you? I am on a quest from God to find the Holy Grail. I'd say that was pretty responsible, wouldn't you? I mean, someone's got to put the bread on the table, woman. And that's another thing. He's always on about this damn table. Table? A mighty table. Arthur, a table can be many things, but one thing it can't be is mighty. It's just a table. Oh, you see... I had this idea that I'd make this table for all my knights to sit at, uh, and so that nobody would be at the head of the table, so nobody gets a superior position, I'd make it a round table. I see. A very noble premise. A whoop-de-spanking-do. Give the man a job at Ikea. It's a table. It's a very fine, solid piece of carpentry, actually, and I'm very proud of it. Honestly, Roger, it's the talk of the court. I mean, I see people walking past it in their day-to-day -day activities, and uh, they do tend to glance a lot. Lancelot? Why are you mentioning Lancelot? What about him? What's Lancelot got to do with anything? I'm not doing anything with Lancelot, if that's what you mean. I've never been near him. I don't even like him. Leave Lancelot out of this, will you? I said glance a lot. Oh, crap. <laughs> Is it okay to do things like that? Is it okay or am I a twat? Only one way to find out. Stumble around the happy hour on maze. <laughs> it's time for another happy hour feature, and I think the jingle there pretty much spoke for itself. <laughs> We're going to bring to the table a moral dilemma. Ooh. Just let's see what it throws up. <laughs> is that the first dilemma should yeah. you throw up at a table <laughs> right is it okay mm -hmm. to pick up an item off the shelf in a supermarket <laughs> and steal it <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> to pick up a, an item on the shelf yeah. in a supermarket uh -huh. la 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 up and down the aisles see something better Take oh, the item back out of the say. trolley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not be bothered. You know, you're in a bit of a rush and just sneakily don't, swap it and put it back on, don't, don't, on the shelf. Don't, don't try and your justify yourself. Just for the purposes of radio, I'm getting the finger wagged. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it is. Ah, well, now, I can live with if you've picked up, uh, let's say, a, a certain brand of butter and then you get six aisles down and you're in pasta and you suddenly think 
oh, do you know what? I don't need the butter anymore. I've just Whack remembered I've got stick it on the pasta shelf, fine. Because if I'm shopping for pasta, I'm not gonna mistake a tub of butter for a bag of pasta, right? But what gets me really annoyed <laughs> is if people put the wrong brand of the same product back on the wrong shelf. No. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you think, oh, I'll just there's, there, there you go, there's that one pound tub of butter on that bit of the shelf. So you just pick it up, put it in your trolley, you get this the this the what they're called, where you pay for stuff. I'm there. still stunned that you think you pay one pound for a bit of butter. Where are you shopping? <laughs> Am I still just having back to my student days? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's completely acceptable to just pick things up and put it better. It gives the staff something to do. Oh, that's see, you're justifying it again there. Yeah, well, it does. You know, it, it, yeah, supermarket isn't going to explode because I picked up some butter and then got to the bread aisle and thought, yeah, don't see, need the butter and just I put the think... butter back on the shelf. In fact, it might help somebody because they might have forgotten the butter, <laughs> gone and picked up the bread. And then realise that they didn't have enough butter for their toast. But they just and they would be Nessa thanking Karen. me, thanking what? that person, putting that the butter on next to the, the butter, bread. putting the item maybe, on the wrong shelf. Maybe in you've the invented a new job for people, which is nah. you, you know, like you get um, people who match make certain people together. Maybe supermarkets. <laughs> no, no, you know what I'm saying, right? Maybe supermarkets should employ people to just go around picking things off the shelves and putting them on different shelves next to products that they think they should go oh, together. Like bread marketing. and butter, um, ham and eggs. Bottles of wine and painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> Lou roll and curry paste. <laughs> That's it. I think, I think we've come... Uh, this time next year we'll be millionaires. Hashtag happy hour, is it okay? Mr. Sainsbury's, Mr. Tesco, if you want to get in touch, <laughs> copyright our idea. Other supermarkets are available. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're not at the minute, are they? That's the trouble. <laughs> yes, you've guessed there's no escape from our fatuous and idiotic moral maze. And now, another failed radio act. Number 11, The Memory Man. I shall now attempt to memorise this pack of cards. Two of spades, jack of diamonds, five of diamonds, ace of hearts. Jokes that make you laugh, jokes that make you cry, jokes that are really, really funny. Ha Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> why do bicycles fall over why do bicycles fall over I, I, don't, I don't know why the bicycles I'm really sorry if you've too... <laughs> I'm sorry at least these bits are over quick because they're too tired oh nah <laughs> <laughs> humans. I am Mercala, leader of the Graspatrons, your overlords. The day of your destruction is at hand. Look to the skies and you will see our vast invasion fleet swarming down. Sorry, my lord. Fuel delivery was late. I see. 
Hear that stomp stomp as our massed armies march through your population centers, crushing and blasting everything in their way. Um, sorry, my lord. There was a union dispute. Killer drones? Nope. Shock troops? Nope. Secret weapon? Not as such. Explain. Puny humans. I am Magala, leader of the Graspatrons, your overlords. Tremble and quake at the sight of our deadly ninja cleaning and maintenance staff. And the lady who works part-time in the library on Wednesday afternoons as they bear down to massacre you all. Oh, what's the f***ing point? We'll try again next week. Uh, well, this is a a bit awkward. Uh, Paul had to nip out, and I was hoping he'd be back by now, but he's still in the queue trying to get in the supermarket. (laughs) Um, But while we're waiting, we're joined in the studio by our next guest. We thought we'd introduce a segment for our younger listeners, and so we're joined by Australian TV presenter Kylie Lidgebird-Ball. G'day. And you do a, a show on Australian Kids TV, yes? Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, why not? My name's Kylie Lidgebird Ball. I do a show on Australian TV that's uh, it's a bit like your Jack and Nori. I, I tell stories to kids, but, you know, I uh, well, I like to modern it up a bit, you know? Oh, right. Uh, now, uh, I couldn't help but noticing... <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, your name? Oh, yeah, Lidgebird Ball, yeah. I'm named after my ancestor, Henry. He captained the first naval escort ship that brought the first fleet of convicts over from Portsmouth in 1787. Pretty cool, eh? Yeah, no, I mean your first name. Oh, right. Kylie. Yep. Kylie? Kylie, yep. As in, like, Kylie Minogue? Yep, I suppose so, yep. <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> That's a girl's name, isn't it? Yeah, parents wanted a girl. Move on. <laughs> I see. Did you ever think of changing your name? Did you never think of minding your own pommy business? I said move on. Of course. Sorry. It's just... Well, it's just... Uh, um, well, uh, has it never caused you any problems or, um, like, issues? I grew up in Australia with a girl's name. Of course it caused me problems and issues, you fucking dingbat. Can we get on with the bloody story, please? Yeah, y- y- yes, of course. <laughs> so here we go. For the first time on Paul and Ness's happy hour. Oh, God help us. It's kindly Lidgeberg ball story time. Right. G'day, little Bruces and Sheilas. Today's story's from the Ladybird Library of Bullshit for Babies, and it's called... <laughs> it's called Chicken Lickin'. Let's get ready here. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Once upon a time, there was a chicken called, wait for it, Chicken Lickin'. That's imaginative, isn't it? You're trying to engage your kids to read more, and all you come up with so far is rhyming poultry with a nonsense fucking word. Anyway, that's not the best part. Get this, right? One day, an acorn falls on Chicken Lickin's head. So what does the little bird do? Naturally, it jumps to the conclusion that the fucking sky is falling down. But... Wait, wait, still haven't got to the best bit though, alright, because, oh, oh, thinks Chicken Lickin', I know what I have to do. Oh, uh, and by the way, 
How's this damn farmyard animal in possession of rational thought and reasoning? It's way beyond me, but, you know, fuck it. This is for kids, right? So who cares? Anyway, I know what I have to do, thinks Chicken Licking. And you know what he does? He runs off to tell the king. Now, we're supposed to accept that this tiny, inconsequential <laughs> fucking farmyard bird with a power of rational thought, apparently, knows the monarch of the land personally. Anyway, off he goes. <laughs> right, now, on the way, Chicken Lickin' meets Henny Penny. Another imaginatively named poultry there, by the way. And Chicken Lickin's freaking out a bit by now, right? And, and, and Henny Penny kind of gets caught up in the whole situation because you know how fucking mental hens are anyway. <laughs> so, so it's like, oh, get hate Chicken Lickin', what's happening? And Chicken Lickin' says, oh, you're not going to believe this, Henny Penny, but the sky is falling down. <laughs> By the way, I just thought of something, right? If Chicken Lickin' thinks the sky's falling down, why hasn't he realised that since he's had this fucking revelation, not a single bit more of the sky has actually fallen down? <laughs> fucking flaw in the plot right there. Anyway, back to, back to the story. Uh, oh, yeah, what's going on, Chicken Lickin'? Oh, oh, I'm going to see the king, Henny Penny. The sky's falling down. Holy fucking shit, Chicken Lickin'. That's fucking batshit mental. I better go with you. So off they go, flapping their wings like the fucking crazy farmyard animals do. Right, now, uh, I've turned the page and I'm looking at the illustration here and I can see in the middle distance, right, as they're walking along the path, a cockerel <laughs> standing on the wall like it fucking owns the place, by the way, and I bet, boys and girls, I bet I can guess where this is heading. <laughs> right, can you? Shall we see what happens? The children. Yep, there you go. Cocky locky. <laughs> Sky's falling down. We're going off to see the king. Holy fucking shit, says Cocky locky. I'm all in on that. Let's go. <laughs> By the way, don't you think Cocky locky will be a great brand name for a male chastity belt? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, <laughs> off they go to their physics-defying crazy little adventure, and uh, I'm I'm just going to skip a few pages now because uh, I think I think we're getting the gist of this. Yep, there you go, more of the same. There, there's a uh, ducky lucky. He was not that lucky, by the way, if you ask me. Being friends with these fucking idiots. <laughs> uh, yep, Drakey Lakey, blah blah blah. Same, same, same. Blind leading the fucking blind. Yep, yep. Ah, right. Here we go. Right. Page 42, by the way, I kid you not. Chicken licking, henny penny, cocky locky, ducky lucky, drakey lakey, goosey loosey, turkey lurky, fucky lucky and bollocky lolloxy. They're all on their way to speak, speak by the way, because they're all capable of human conversation as well, right? Speak to the king about this physical impossibility happening. Ah, now, here we go. Bit of action at last, bit of drama. The antagonist has been introduced into the story. He's a fox. And what do you think his name is, boys and girls? <laughs> what about you, Nessa? Yeah, go on, what do you think the fox is called? Foxy Loxy. Of course he is, Foxy fucking Loxy. <laughs> Bloody hell. I mean, you know, I, I thought Roald Dahl had no imagination when he called his protagonist Fox... Mr. Fox. But, I mean, this is just fucking ridiculous. Anyway, you know, whatever. I'm over the whole name thing now, right? So, come on, let's get on with it. Right. <laughs> now, boys and girls, 
This story. Boys and girls. This, this, please, please, because this story is now taking a very dark turn. I'm sorry, we can see how intense you are. I'm oh, so yeah. sorry, Kylie. Please very, carry on. Very dark turn, right? Mm-hmm. It's very quickly as well. Now it will be wrong of me as your storyteller to sugarcoat it in any way. So here we go. G'day, says the fox. Where are you bunch of drongos going? <laughs> oh, man, man, the sky's falling down, going to tell the king. Ah, oh, right, says the fox. Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I know where the king lives. Follow me, I'll take you. Oh, thanks, Foxy Loxy, and off they go. Now, I've got to say, I feel like there's a paragraph missing here, right, where Drakey Lakey should lean in to Turkey Lurkey as they're all walking and, and whisper, Hey! Hey, hey, Lurky! <laughs> hey, gobble over here a minute. I want to run something by you. See, we already know where the king lives. I mean, we were on our way there. Doesn't it seem weird that we're suddenly blindly following this fox who's turned up out of the blue <laughs> three pages before the end? And Turkey Lurky would go, Oh, yeah, gobble, gobble. <laughs> You're right, gobble, gobble. <laughs> By the way, why have we all got the same stupid rhyming surnames, (laughs) Gobble Gobble? But that doesn't happen anyway, right. So, so instead, the assorted farmyard poultry follow Foxy Loxy, who leads them straight to his den, where he, his foxy wife, and all the little foxy kitty witties eat chicken-licking henny-penny cocky-locky-ducky-lucky-ducky-unlucky, more like, drakey-lucky-goosey-loosey and turkey-lucky. They eat them all for their dinners. The end. So there you go, little Bruce's and Sheila's. The story of chicken-licking. A perfect metaphor for life, by the way. <laughs> what you think is happening isn't. Your journey's utterly pointless and there's nothing more than just the passing of time. Your friends are all idiots. And ultimately, you're just going to die a futile and frankly laughable death. My name's Kylie Lidge Bird Ball and I'll see you for the next edition of Jack of Fucking Nori. G'day. <laughs> that was Kylie Lidgeberg Ball. I hope Paul comes back soon. <laughs> Hello, this is not Judy Dench. You're listening to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour. And now, another failed radio act. Number 14, The Hypnotist. Oh, when I click my fingers, you will think you are a chicken. <laughs> This is Paul's wank, you can hear it's coming His veins are coming up, his head's gonna explode He's gonna go on and on and on This is Paul's rant. So what's up today then, dear? Oh, right. News that isn't news. <laughs> You've already gone red. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> Genuinely, news that isn't news. It... I don't understand what well, you mean. If it's news, then it's news. Yeah, exactly. And if it's not news, they still want to put it on the news programme well, for some what... reason. But what Let's do... have a six-minute item looking at plants and flowers. Well, that is Just because the sun's somebody. out. What? what? That the, is... sun... <laughs> the sun being out is not news. <laughs> it is in this part of the country. Yeah, but that's, that's it's what a we've celebration. come to. That's the point. That's what we've come to. The fact that anything can be considered newsworthy. Oh, let's have a little five minute item on how 
little Johnny five <laughs> little Johnny's nearly come back again. <laughs> Little Johnny, Johnny in his Johnny. little primary school Johnny, class. if you're out there, <laughs> hashtag, <laughs> hashtag save Johnny. <laughs> it needs saving from you and I. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know, oh yeah, let's let's have a look at this lamb who managed to live through the lambing season because the it, farmer it, had a nice that, heart or whatever. But that is, that it, is it, not news. That's is a farmer it. decided not to kill one of his lambs. <laughs> That's oh, all that is. It's right? news to news. farmers. People are interested in seeing... Watch what, Country what, File. If you're interested in lambs, watch Country File. Don't put lambs on the news. Don't put <laughs> flowers on the news. Don't put <laughs> your lambs on, on the, the news, news Mr. <laughs> Mr. Murdoch. <laughs> There's, there's plenty of it on the news already. It's obviously because of the whole 24-hour rolling news uh, yes, channels they, they, now. They've got to fill doing... the time with vacuous crap. But what they're doing is they're filling... <laughs> but what they're doing is they're putting things on the news that they think will cheer people up. Yeah, well, that, that's that's my point. It's not the news's job to cheer people up. Well, it's, it's the news's job to tell me the news. But then What's sometimes... happening in the world? Who's at war? Are, are, are we... Yeah, but I'm at gonna the have moment, a that's the thing. We're focusing on one thing. So anything that will cheer people up is a good thing. Listen to Paul and Nessa's happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll stop now because I know, I, you know. But... No, you won't. <laughs> no, I won't. You're right. After the mics go down, I'm still going to be going on about this. But there was there's a clip when news first started or whatever, you know, back in the 50s or whatever. And there was one day <laughs> where the programme started and he said, without any irony whatsoever, hello, I'm afraid there is no news today. <laughs> so here's another programme. Did they play the Smurfs? I don't know what they played, <laughs> but they played, you know, there was no news, so they didn't do 20 minutes of Little Johnny winning the three-legged sack race. <laughs> or Johnny whatever. Three Legs, are you out there? <laughs> Hashtag Johnny Three Legs. He's not a walker. Hey! Yes, not so obscure whiskey <laughs> reference. I think we're out on that. Getting really angry with trivial, pointless, pathetic little things. That was Paul's rant. Counsel for the defence, do you wish to cross-examine Mr Bump? Yes, Your Honour. Very well, go ahead. Mr Bump, you claim that Roger Hargreaves misrepresented you in his unauthorised biography of your life? Uh, yes, he did, yes. Would you care to elaborate? Well, he makes light of my condition of dyspraxia. It is, quite frankly, offensive to sufferers everywhere. Also, he made out that I'm a really fat individual whose head and body are just one big circle. You must admit you are somewhat rotund, Mr Bump. I've put weight on, due to the stress of Hargreaves' book being published. I used to be a normal human figure. Admittedly a little blue in colour due to a severe silver imbalance, but as my weight spirals out of control, it's a cruel irony that I've become the spherical buffoon Hargreaves made me out to be. But your name! Well, that's an unfortunate coincidence, given my condition. Are you sure you're not just using this high-profile court case as a cynical opportunity to market your own biography? 
down to earth with a bump. I resent the implication that my book, available in all good bookshops, Your Honour, is somehow at the centre of these legal proceedings. My version, I think you'll find, is a much more comprehensive journal of the events. Mr Hargreaves finishes his book with you in a favourable light, does he not? Didn't you end up gaining employment in Mr Barley's orchard? Oh, I, I did. And what did that job entail? Picking apples from the trees. And how did you pick them? Uh, I bumped into trees until I fell down. Again, Mr Bump, for the benefit of the jurors who may not have heard you. I bumped into trees until the apples fell down. I put it to you, Mr Bump, that events transpired exactly how Mr Hargreaves put them. No, 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 it's not true. Order, order, order in the court. Uh, Mr Noisy, if I have to tell you once more, I will hold you in contempt. Uh, very well, court is adjourned for now, all wise. Oh, I, oh, oh, ah. Mr Bump? Mr Bump, are you okay? Oh, 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 fell off my chair. Think I've bumped me head. No further questions, Your Honour. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Strange but true. It's strange but true. Some species of turtles breathe through their bums. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. <laughs> Is that just like... Do, so how does it do they fart how does it work yeah. no, they talk they breathe it's like if it's, you fart you're excelling air aren't yeah. you so they can take air in, in through their th bums they breathe through their bums <laughs> it's the Australian white-throated snapping turtle <laughs> 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 listen, listen to his nickname what's it called again the Australian white-throated white snapping turtle snapping but, turtle but because that's quite a mouthful <laughs> funny not or a bumful <laughs> Nobody wants a bumful <laughs> of anything. <laughs> Go on, his, his nickname is the bum breathing turtle. Of course it is. Of course it is. It's, it is I've like... got a, I've got an even more succinct one. Go on then. Ask Asper. <laughs> no, it's it is actually a thing, a genuine thing. It's um, is it the only cloacal. species that can do that? Breathe through its anus. Well, I know plenty of species that can talk through their anus. <laughs> <laughs> it's cloacal respiration. Cloacal respiration. Cloacal respiration. Cloacal. Yeah, it's, not, the, it's not like the, they breathe like we do out of them. They're called the, <laughs> the bum breathing turtle. The bum breathing turtle. <laughs> but it's just that that's they, the they title have of the episode. Of... <laughs> Right there. <laughs> Kylie Minogue and the bum-breathing turtle. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> the turtle can. <laughs> strange but true. It's strange but true. And now, another failed radio act. Number 19, the ventriloquist. Hello, Charlie. What would you like to drink? I believe I'll have a big bottle of gear, please, Dragon. 
<laughs> so there you go. The difficult second episode is almost done and dusted. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed it yeah. as much as we have. <laughs> but do get in touch and interact with the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PN Happy Hour. And you can search for our Facebook page too. Aye, we've done the Facebook page now as well. <laughs> and we've also done the YouTube. We've done the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the Facebooks. We've done the YouTube. You find all these podcasts there. Plus, we're also going to be producing and putting up extra video content as and when we can. Uh, mm. So we'll be putting that up there as well. So go and search for that and subscribe to our YouTube. And now, another failed radio act. Number 23, The Mime Artist. You have been listening to Paul and Nessa's Happy Hour, conceived, written and performed by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen. Sketches were written by Paul Dunn and Nessa Karen and Tim Gambrell and Dan Swart. Additional voices came from Sarah Boulder, David Foster, Craig Richardson and Jay Sykes. Incidental music was by Kevin MacLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io. The script editor was Paul Dunn. The show was a Crank Danville production. See you on episode three. Bye. Bye. Bye.